Bye. Thanks for coming. Hey girl. Thanks for coming. Hey everybody, thanks for coming. My name's Seth, what's yours? <laughs> just me for now. I just wanted to welcome you back to the second part of our interview with Aja that you hopefully heard last week. So if you haven't, go listen to part one and then come back. We just had the best time talking to her. Such a kind, kind spirit. And if there are any other drag queens you'd like us to interview... Why don't you go ahead and tweet at us and them so that we both know you want us to collaborate. All right. I know you don't want to hear me talking anymore. So I'm going to go ahead and get into the second part of our interview with Aja. Make sure you do subscribe, leave a review, and you don't want to miss any of our future interviews and recaps. We recap every week all the new episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race in whatever country they're in. And it's really a lot of fun, a little bit of shade, and you will all have the best time. All right, here's the interview. But I particularly love your music because it's all a giant fuck you to everything that's kind of happening or has happened kind of through your come up from, oh, that's Aja the drag queen to now this is Aja the performer. And it's a fun and lighthearted way. And then there's other songs that are just like, I'm going to jab you. This is who I am. Fuck what you say. I'm going to throw it back at you. And others are just carefree and upbeat. And I think that completely embodies what we have seen of you on the show. And I know you said that you weren't presenting as yourself, but I guess we've kind of as fans from your day one on TV to here we are today, we feel like we've seen those pieces as fans. You know, I feel like, I feel like, thank you. (laughs) <laughs> thank but, you your music goes off i was down here bopping doing dishes earlier oh wait before we get off i'm gonna have to show y'all some stuff for my new album well um, yeah i did want to ask you because you got crown coming right yeah so um you know uh last year um i became a, a priest in my spiritual faith uh which is lukumi it's a branch of the yoruba uh of the yoruba tribe and um in nigeria and um Lukumi is kind of like the survivor practice that kind of survived after the Atlantic slave trade. And um, uh, my, my biological father is, is a priest in the practice as well. And um, a lot of people don't know this, but I'm adopted. I met my biological parents last year. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. What but, was that like? <laughs> but <laughs> moving on. It was right before COVID. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, my, 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 my dad is very serious and very like forward. And my mom is like 16 going on, like 40 going on 16. Um, I got, I just got a message from her. She's in rehab right now. Like I was like, I don't even know what's going on. She was like, I didn't want to tell you I had a drug addiction. I was like, sis, like, I get it. I don't, but I get it. Like, I'm like, I'm empathizing. So I was just like, you know what? I'm, I'm sympathizing, empathizing, all the thizing. So um, I connect to that particularly because I've gotten into digging into my ancestry recently, the past couple of years, I'll say I made my parents take tests, um, DNA tests and myself as well. And I'm primarily from Nigerian heritage and from the Congo. Same. Same. And I fancy myself a spiritual witchy person. So I've been kind of diving into those practices. So I was very interested to see 
what that spirituality and practice look like for you, because I'm just now learning it and I don't want to go any farther until I know exactly what tribe I came from. And see with, uh, with, with Lukumi, since it's such a, um, people in America call it Santeria, but that's kind of like the colonized term. Yes. Um, and because it has not people acquainted with they call it the way of the saints but there's no saints right so it's like okay but um <laughs> so um the way it works in west africa is each uh each city had its own orisha that they would sort of like initiate in that city and like like in osogbo town you have uh in osogbo you have um you would have oshun and like that's where people will get crowned Oshun. But then like in Oyo, you might get crowned Shango. Uh-huh. And it di- in different places. Now, when all those people came to, to Cuba, Brazil, like the Caribbean, what happened was was that they were getting together and they were being like, We have to do this out of survival, we have to let this last. Mm-hmm. And the birth of Lukumi was the, the form was done by um one of our one of our ancestors, her name is Efouche. That was her name and the practice. And um, it's in the book, um, Santeria Enthroned. And it talks about all the slave trade and how it happened. She came, she went to Cuba and she was crowned a Chosi. And she didn't know anything about how to initiate people. Uh Um, But she got all these priests and priestesses together after they basically used divination to buy their freedom. They were divining the white men and then the price was the freedom. Mm. And... They created these houses that people called cabildos, and um, they they started forming a way to initiate people. But you would get crowned one Orisha, but you would receive all the Orisha that that from all the different cities, okay. and that that uh, tradition survived. Uh, in the 50s, um, a queer black man named um, Alfred Davis, his priest name was Omi Toke. He was a priest of Yemaya, and he went to Cuba and he got crowned and brought it back to New York, where he spread it into the African-American community in New York, okay. um, kind of creating a place where uh, black Americans could feel connected to their roots. Because at first, a lot of um, a lot of like rich Cuban white ladies were getting crowned because they were like, oh, this is like, you know, this is the moment. And <laughs> this is trendy. <laughs> no. You know, Alfred Davis really did a big thing by bringing it to to New York and bringing it to the African-American community, thus kind of creating uh, the decolonization of the practice where they started to detach the saint imagery from it. Um, but I, I've been involved with the practice since I was a child. Um, okay. That was my, my follow-up question. Have you kind of grew up with it or discovered it recently? Um, I, I, I grew up a medium. I saw things, always heard things. Uh, by the age of 10, I was divining using cards, shells, water, looking at someone and, you know, I had these weird tendencies. Like if somebody left a cigar around, I would start smoking the cigar and then start like telling people shit. And people oh, were wow. like, what the fuck is going on? And um, at the age of 14, 15, I was I got really sick. And in the middle of the school year, it was like October. Uh, my godmother, she was my babysitter. She was a priest in Palo Mayombe, which is a Congo practice. Mm-hmm. And she was a priest in, in Lukumi for about 40 years at the time. And she was a priestess of Yamaya. She took me to... Uh, her, she had a house in Puerto Rico and she took me there and she was this like crazy Afro-Cuban lady, like, wow. <laughs> I like, love that. Always had the turban, literally with skin and bones. 
just draped. <laughs> just, oh my gosh. And, uh, draped proper. She, just... <laughs> draped. And um, <laughs> she, uh, she took me there and she was like, we're going to have to initiate. No, no. Yeah, she was like, we're going to have to initiate you into Palo Mayombe because you're going to die. And I was like, what? And, um, oh. you know, I was like feeling I was feeling like shit for a while. I really thought I was going crazy. And they initiated me and I said, like, within a week, I felt normal. And I was like, what the fuck? And it's when I started to get really spiritual, because then I got when I got to New York, my divining and things that I would see my dreams, everything got very elaborate. And I was like, I was I thought I was crazy. I was like, there's no way. And it started off with little things. I, I started paying for my drag with with doing readings. Oh, my I worked, gosh. I worked at a little botanica up the block from my house. I walked in and I didn't have any money and I wanted to get a reading. And I told the guy, I said, you you read me and I'll read you. And he was like laughing at me like I was a joke. And he gave me this half-assed reading that was shit, honestly. <laughs> and gosh. when I started reading him, he was he was like, what the fuck? He was like, damn. So I stood with him for a few years, and then um, when I when I started doing drag, I kind of left it behind. And then um, my um, I still did all my spiritual stuff. At the time, I had a in Lukumi, we have three steps of initiation. We have alekes, which is uh, you receive these beaded necklaces. We have uh, warriors, which you receive a set of orishan. Then you have the crowning, which is like the whole shabam. And at the time, uh, I, I had a leke. I received the leques before I auditioned for Drag Race, and I went to Puerto Rico to my godmother's house. It was me and uh, a former drag artist, Momo Shade. We went to Puerto Rico, and we, we both received the leques. And that year, I got on Drag Race. And um, I, I, told, I told my godmother, I said, I don't know how I'm going to get on this show. I was like, I have no money. I have nothing. And she said, she woke up the next day. She said, I had a dream. She said, bring me, she said, bring me, um, the names of everyone involved and i said okay and i gave them to her and then she said uh i looked up all the casting and everything i was like blah 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 so i don't know what she did for all yeah. i know she could have done some pretty or something but yeah um with all a lengthy email <laughs> like two 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 months later i got my first call and then i got on the show so wow. you know i i felt bad because i never told her that i got on the show because uh, we kind of had got grew into this really awkward part of our relationship where everything became like sort of like if you became successful and she helped you, it was almost like, well, like you mm -hmm. owe me something. Yeah. <laughs> and I didn't like that. So I didn't, I never told her, but I would do little acts of kindness. Like um, she got robbed at gunpoint and they, she had a necklace for St. Lazarus. And um, I knew she had a big connection with him because her father and, and Lukumi was, uh, Obaluaye, who syncretized with Saint Lazarus in the in Catholicism, so I went and I got her like a nice, like twenty four karat gold Saint Lazarus, and I was like, you know, I heard what happened. Like, here you go. Like, I want to get this to you, and you know, that day something was weird. I don't know what was going on, but she she went back to Puerto Rico and she came back, and this was in two thousand eighteen summer, mm -hmm. and she was like, she said she was like, I have all my Orisha in my backpack, and I said, what? She was like. She was like, I'm coming back. She's like, coming, I'm coming to New York and I'm never coming back to Puerto Rico. Oh, wow. And wow. I was like, what do you mean? She goes, I know once I pass the, the, the water, she's like, I know I'm not coming back. And um, I was uh, a few months later, uh, I was on tour. I was in Switzerland. And I remember the I, I was having a weird, a really weird week. My mom gave me this little like doll. And like uh, when I had I had put it away, um, 
I was running late for my flight. And I remember me and I was with Ty at the time. And we got into this huge argument. He's like, you're always fucking late for your flights. I'm like, shut the fuck up. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I had I had this apparition of this really big albino woman in front of me. Oh wow. And it was, and I, I really couldn't tell where it was coming from, but it was like we were like running out and I felt like I froze. I felt like fucking time froze. And I yeah. thought. And, but I knew that this was like a spirit or something. And like, she looked at me in my face and she grabbed my hand and I felt it. And it, it sent chills up my arms, like to my hairs. And that's how I knew that something was weird. And she said, she was like, not today, but tomorrow. She's like, you're going to, she's like, your life is going to change. Oh my God. And I said, so I didn't think of it. And I have the doll in my living room still. I went and it, the, you know, it's crazy. The doll my mom gave me was an albino doll, by the way. Oh, so, okay. So um, I, I flew to Switzerland, and the next day it was April April first. Was it April first? No, it was October first. Mm-hmm. It was October first, and um, I was gonna do a show there, and um, I was chilling on the roof, and I started to get this anxiety attack, and I didn't know where it was coming from. So I started to walk away, and the promoter saw me. He was like in the penthouse suite. He's like, "Hey, do you want to come pop this bottle of champagne?" So I go to his room. And then I get a call from Momo and Momo goes, hey, so did you hear about what happened to Ia? In, in our practice, we call our, our godmothers Ia's or Ia Tobis. So she's oh, like, what happened to Ia? And I was like, no. And she was like, she died last night. Oh, my goodness. And when I tell you my heart dropped, I told the promoter, I was like, I was like, I'll be right back. And then I went to my room. I went to my room and, and Ty was there. And I remember I just walked in and I didn't know what to say. So like, he just looked at me and like, I'm one of those people that if something is wrong, like, you know. So yeah. he just goes, what's wrong? And I just broke down. Oh my gosh. She came to you. She was sending you a message. Yeah. And it was crazy because, you know, I had a special connection with her because when I had went to the, do that whole Paulo thing in Puerto Rico, I was going mm-hmm. through a lot at the time. And like, you know, I was really discovering myself, my whole identity. And, and she came in, she came into the room and I had just got into this whole like drama with people back at home. Mind you, meanwhile, I'm supposed to be dying. And, uh, <laughs> and you know, uh, she told me, she was like, she was like, I hope you know that I, I know how you feel. She was like, I see that you feel alone and you feel like nobody listens to you. Or I'm getting emotional. And she, but she like, she looked at me in my face and she looked at me in the eyes and she was like, you know, I feel that way too. And she was like, I hope you know that you have a friend in me. And it was the first time I ever felt in my life like someone understood like who I was as a person. And I just broke down. Like I remember, you know, doing that. But when she passed, when she passed, it was really, I felt like it was a calling because in this practice, there's so much scammery shenanigans and bullshit that you never know who's real and who's not. So, you know, me and Momo went on the lookout for new, for new godparents. And then, uh, I, I felt like at that moment I had to really embrace my spirituality and move forward because I didn't want to get lost without that. And I felt like I wanted to do it in honor of her. So in, in 2019, I found a new Ile, a new spiritual house. And mm-hmm. um, they were very queer centric, very mixed race. Everyone was from everywhere. And I went up to, I went up to uh, my new godparent, literally like, two months after knowing him and we were talking about the sick because I went to see him earlier and I said you know I said I want to get crowned and he just looked at me and he was like 
Okay. <laughs> and, you know, it, it's a big responsibility. You have to wear, like, white for a year and seven days. You have to abstain from alcohol, vices, no clubs, no nothing. You know, with my profession, that's hard. Like, it's a lot yeah. of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, I did it. And uh, I got marked as a child of Oshun. I'm a priest of Oshun, who is supposed okay. to be the deity of femininity. Uh, people often associate her with love, sex, and everything. But Oshun is also a witch, a warrior, and she's also very destructive. So, you know, mm-hmm. people like to hide that part out. Right. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, it, I did I did my whole year through the quarantine. I, did, I got out of my year in white in, in November. And, you know... I feel I feel more uplifted than I ever have. And I feel like after having such a weird suicidal year of bullshit shenanigans, like being dragged by the drag race fan base, you know, taking a spiritual like vac- not vacation because sabbatical, <laughs> you know, doing something to uplift my own vibration uh, made yeah. me feel very, very, very enlightened. And also uh, the best part of, you know, being crowned your Orisha, too, is you receive a life reading. You get something we call an ita, and they write it in a book, and you get all these sequences mm. of odooms and letters that drop, and they talk about your life. And in those odooms, they spoke about everything. They spoke about me meeting my biological parents before I did. It spoke wow. about um, it spoke about how I needed to continue going the way I wanted to go with my career, no matter what nobody said, because people were going to be against me. It spoke about how. It spoke about everything. Everything that's happened yeah. even to this day is in my ETA. I pulled out my book. I was in my God's order the other day and I pulled out my book and we had just took an edible. So, you know, we were, we were little. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, we were reading it and I was like, bitch. And she looked at me and she said, this is exactly what's happening right now. And I wow. said, yep. Yup. So, yeah. so cool. I'm going to keep doing my studies because I definitely want to know more about my people. But when I was doing my little research, my deeper research on Asha, I was like, oh, family. <laughs> I wonder, is this um, is this going to translate into some of the music on your new album, Crown? This mm. new that, was, that was how we even started this whole conversation about, the, you know, <laughs> sis, I got emotional, so I went on. But it's okay. Um, Don't worry. During the during the process, I wrote the album Crown, which, you know, I felt like all my life I was in search of this crown. I felt like I was in search of this higher meaning. And like, you know, when I speak about crown, it's not just an allude or like a, it's not just a, um, an homage to my my old drag or just my spirituality. It's everything. It's, it's me standing tall. And what's different about this project is that... Um, it's extremely vulnerable. It's extremely, it, it's not just a rap album. It's, it's soul. It's very much me saying, this is who I am. And um, it, I, what I did was, I've been working on this for an, a year and a half, two years almost. Um, I had people from my practice come into the studio and they played a full drumming to, um, to 10 different Orisha in the order they would play for Oshun. Uh, we call it an ordo when they play song. And um, I sent those 10 tracks to 10 different producers who turned them into beats, interludes and everything. And they created, you know, this fucking crazy just project. <laughs> and oh my gosh, I'm so excited about this. I know, me too. I'm like ready for it now. Well, Did knowing the backstory idea? too, like just to it, it just sounds yeah. amazing. Well, it's yeah, very, you know... Well. 
I was listening to it. I was like, it's like when you hear it's it's meant to be heard from front to back because it's one it's one whole song basically broken mm-hmm. down into ten songs and ten interludes. Um, I speak about me not knowing what roads to take. I talk about you know my tough relationship with with being with fame. Uh, you know, in the song called Tough Love, uh, it's literally like. You know, my, I had a feature on the track. His name is uh, his name is Gus, uh, and he he's a producer, but he's also I, I I like his voice, and I was like, I need like a nice, strong little like whoosh there. Yeah, and, uh, <laughs> in in his bridge that he wrote himself, um, he he quote unquote says, "I don't want no tough love, if it if it's wait, I don't want if it really ain't love." Um, and he talks about funny it's like funny how i don't ask but you still criticize me and then you say it's all love mm-hmm. and i was like oof like that just like resonates with me um i have another song on there called white couture and it's about me leaving for my year to dress i was dressed in white for a fucking year i don't ever want to see white clothing again um, <laughs> I need a lookbook because how did you do that? I'd be in yeah. a toga, you oh. get a cute legging and a shoe, a sandal <laughs> and, maybe. So, oh, but see, we can't wear sandals for the first three months. Oh. It's high collar, long sleeve. You're purifying yourself, so it's very modest. Got it. No okay. shorts for the whole year. After oh three months, gosh. you can cut. And oh, and for the first three months, no mirror, no TV, no music, no nothing. Like it's very wow. Set. Wow. Uh, it's to strip you from vanity and ego and to strip you from the idea. In in Africa, in, in the traditional Yoruba and in Esheshe, they don't have uh, what we call the Iyaborahe, which is the one year in white. Mm-hmm. But af- in all the diasporas, they do have it because it's supposed to embody slavery. These people went through a lot mm-hmm. of hardships to preserve this practice. And you have to have a taste of what it is to be purified and and you're sacrificed. You're making self-sacrifice. Okay. So, you know, um, another thing, you know, you sacrifice your hair. You know, that's a big thing, too. Like, and women do it, too. You uh, Part of your crowning is they shave your head. And, like, you know, they, there's a lot of stuff that I can't say. But, of you course, know, yeah. things get done. <laughs> and, you know, it is what it is. Like, but I'll say this. It, it, it's what, it was one of the most beautiful experiences of my life, not just for culture, but also for, you know, um, a lot of people who I know, I know a lot of people who who were atheists who walked into this like experience with me, and there's a lot of people that walked out like I can't believe this happened. They're like, they're like I've never seen a religion that I believed in before, mm-hmm. and I'm like, you know, it was because in Lukumi we have proof, like you know, Orisha manifests. They possess the bodies of humans, and they talk to you about things nobody knows, mm-hmm. you know, and that and that freaks people out also yeah <laughs> totally you know, i can see that but you know i i think black spirituality is so powerful i think that's why it's always been been uh oppressed and i think that yeah, that's yeah. why it's always been like shoved in the corner i mean mm-hmm. what, what we have this in this day and age is not even real christianity it's like white christianity it's uh it's patriarchal christianity like it's just like you know it's girl. like an excuse yeah. for oh, people to oppress people really at this point it's like you know it's more of a tool of oppression mm-hmm. no absolutely and you know i i spent my whole year in white too just reflecting i learned how to fucking bead 
and do shit. Like I beaded a bunch of paraphernalia, just like, you know, it's like, what are you doing on Saturday? Oh, I'm beating a machete. Like, yes. Like, <laughs> you know, oh, I'm beating a brass bell. This is how I'm spending my, my, you know. So even if the quarantine wasn't happening, like I would have still had to do this. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it made quarantine, quarantine made, made it more weird. And it was also hard being a public figure and doing this because another thing too is a big taboo is you're not supposed to be on camera, but I had to preserve my following. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of backlash from elders in my community who were like, oh, so we're just breaking the rules now. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I'm like, sis, you know what the tea is, okay? Right. This is yeah. the fucking tea. These bitch. are my coins. <laughs> well, yeah, I was like, oh, she knows damn well how I was able to afford this Ocha. Exactly. So she knows how I'm going to continue to keep going on. Because another thing, initiation is not cheap. Mm-hmm. You know, initiation in, in, in the States right now ranges between like, depending on what Orisha you have, because there's different qualifications. I, I've heard of things being between maybe 10 and 25,000. Oh, so, wow. You know, my initiation was twelve point five thousand, mm-hmm. and you know that's that's really standard. Yeah, okay. and, and so mm-hmm. also to say it's sort of like I mean, people will probably be like, I can see people saying like, oh, you know, you're paying to do this, but it's more like it's kind of like more like paying tribute to the to the culture, right? No, because you you're li- the process is to literally consecrate your body in ways that make it a closed practice it's you know these a lot of these practices are not open it's not like you know right some people are very delusional they think well i bought this statue of ocean so i could like candles and put a pumpkin here and oh my god i'm doing witchcraft and i'm like <laughs> oh, i'm like sweaty that's not ocean that's a resin statue you couldn't even get the good one see i'm yeah. not even deep in it and that bothers me like i've done enough research just be like oh my gosh sis calm down with your october <laughs> looks <over there." laughs> Look back. Girl. <laughs> it's, it's beautiful. It's macabre sometimes, but you want to know something? It is, it is definitely an experience. I I I think that like doing this was one of the best things that I, I ever did for myself. And it it also made me a lot more patient and level-headed because that one year in white, if I didn't have that bitch the other day when I saw that fucking that 10 minutes, I would have went the fuck off. I would have <laughs> You know, but that's that's also why I dealt with that situation. So I just I feel like at this point in my life, I have bigger and better things to do. And, you know, one of the big things that I was told in my ETA is people will do things for a reaction out of you. Do not break character because that's what people that's how people want to see you fall. And I've done I've, I've done a lot of that in the past. So, you know, I posted a tweet yesterday and I, and I said it because people were messaging me nasty shit. I said, you can try as hard as you want. You'll never see my crown fall. I saw that. Yep. <laughs> are, um, are, you in, are you and Candy on good terms now? Like so you said you were talking to talk about it. Well, I'm, I'm blocked. So oh, okay. I, I see <laughs> we're, we're you know, giving it time to, to rest, you know, to be honest with you, I feel like I've, I, I, on my end, I've done nothing but be a good friend. And I feel like, you know, I've been, um, I've been a good support and I'm very confident in that. I don't feel, I don't feel the least bit phased. I feel more so like I just wanted to make things good. So, you know, whatever happens in the future happens, whatever's meant to happen will happen. Yeah. And um, I just hope that 
I hope that one day, you know, we can all wake up and just be like, well, that was that. <laughs> Move past it sort of thing. I think what yeah. I think what we're seeing with you, Aja, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, is this is just very new for one party. And then we've got somebody who's been through it. And I'm not saying, oh, you had to walk a mile in my shoes. But emotional intelligence and awareness is a thing. And you've kind of had that opportunity to understand yourself. So by extension, you understand others better. Not to mention being part of a unique situation like drag race or whatever else you might have in common. And you just know never made, where to respond. I have never made, like maybe there's, with the exception of five people, I've never met a friend who I didn't have to the, to this extent of some sort of situation with. Mm-hmm. I think it just happens. I think that in, in it, it's just a natural course of a relationship. Yeah. I also feel like sometimes you walk into people's life to serve a purpose and then you leave. I, I feel mm-hmm. like it could be so many things. And, you know, I, I don't really have much to say about it because I, I feel like, you know, I feel like people are going to think what they want to think. People have messaged me what they want to message me. And I'm not going to, I'm not responding to any of it. You know, people are like, oh, you're jealous. You're this. I mean, if you have eyes, you know, <laughs> like, yes, you know, I, my thing is like, what, you know, and also like people are like, oh, you're mad because she's shining. And I'm like, and when did I stop? Right. Bitch, I've been shining since the moment that I fucking walked out the pussy. So I don't know. <laughs> you know, yes. that, whole, that, that line on Drag Race when Candy said, you know, either you have it or you don't. You're either born a star or not. And I'm a star. She knows that because I said that, too. Yeah. And I told her, I said, you're a star. You're, you're a star. And I said, you know, the same way I know that I'm a star. Let me tell you something. I don't need drag. I don't need nothing. I could walk into a place and demand everybody's attention. Why? Because I'm me. And because people will always want to hear what I have to say. You could love me or hate me, but you're tuned in. Yeah, it's like you're here. (laughs) And that's why I say, you know, my response to everything was, you saw Pose and you liked the lecture, but you don't like me. You like to compare me to Crystal LaBeja, but then you don't like what I say. Go fuck yourself. If you can't take it, then don't tune in. You know, people love to... People love to obsess over black ballroom culture, but can't handle how it really gets, mm-hmm. you know? And my thing is, if I want to get upset, let me get upset. They're like, oh, it's light shade. Well, you know what I do with light shade? I engulf it into complete darkness. So Thank <laughs> you. I'll drown your ass if you push me. <laughs> so, you know, um, I, I, I love that a lot of people just had a lot of opinions. And like, you know, that's why I was like, let me not make any public statements. And even, even now, like, you know, I'm just kind of saying what happened. I don't really have a public statement because, girl, you know as much as I know. Yeah. So does this uh, does this mean that you may have a, a dark shadow over season 13 or I mean, just like, are you not going to just basically not going to watch or is it weird for you now? Um, well, I, I, I to be honest with you, I haven't really been watching Drag Race that much for the last few years. Um, not for a personal reason. I just feel like it hasn't been that that interesting. I kind of watch more for the girls mm-hmm. uh, because I really love to support the, the the artists. I feel like they're all beautiful and amazing. Uh, and I feel like this season is no different. I feel like it's exceptional. I probably will tune in for like the lip syncs and the runaways. Um, uh, but that's about it because I feel like if I watch the whole episode, I get mad. I get my own opinions. I'm like, oh, this person should have won that. This person should have won that. But I've also played the game, so I know what it is to be there. And I know what it is to be waiting there. And then they go, you're the winner of a challenge. And to go, 
<laughs> and then to see, you know, to see the television version and go, oh. Uh, you know, I, I know what it is to do that. Not to say that it's different, but like, I feel like, you know, there's times where I would judge things differently. But then again, that's why it's all open to opinion. You yeah. Know, they're working a TV show. It's successful, obviously. There's a franchise around the world and, you know, they're getting their Emmys and their whatever else they get, you know. Their so, things. Their <laughs> things. So, you know, I don't, I don't want to be a hater on the show. I had a right. producer reach out. I had a producer block me on everything and then when I texted them, I was like, yo, what's what good? And they were like, you were trash talking the show on, on social media. I was like, oh I never gosh. did that, but okay. Like, you know what? For me, it's just like that type of gaslighting behavior. Here's the thing. People forget that I have a I have a metaphor cabinet that I have every receipt ever. I can give you something. <laughs> we I'm like, love you, an invoice. We love a receipt. We love. I'm like, you that. bitches like elephants because I have the memory of one. <laughs> I do not forget. Like, if. Girl, and that's the thing is like I think people people say and do shit sometimes, and I'm like, oh, you really didn't think that I was gonna have this shit together. <laughs> you know, I've also thought about like, you know, what if like this goes even more south? And I really plan not to do nothing. I don't need to do anything. Yeah. You know, I'm in my own lane. I think you've got the correct approach. Let other people yeah. kind of learn on their own. You've had to. If they're not ready to hear what you're saying, then they'll just hear it on their own time. Yeah. And I feel like you're doing the right thing too. Like just trying to have a conversation with her personally, like there's no need for you to like go out and like make a statement and like, an iOS press release type thing. Like, it's just like, okay, I'm going to like have the conversation with my friend and that's really all that matters, right? Like who cares about what the fan base or everyone on the internet thinks it's more about your relationship with that person. And did you do anything wrong? You know, and even then, you know, like it's also like people behind the scenes know what's up. So people can hear whatever they want to hear, but people behind the scenes know what's up. When I spoke to my mom about the situation, my mom was like really bothered. And she was like, Aww. really? You know, my mom is also someone who was there for for Candace a lot, you know, and my mom was like really disappointed about how everything went down. But I mean, like I said, like, you know, if we're meant to be friends, we'll be friends. If not, it is what it is. And, you know, it would be it would be unfortunate because I do. I did. I did value um I did value them as a friend and I really did have the best for them like in mind. I never I never said anything to this person without considering their feelings or or, or anything. I really did only push them to be to be the best person they could be. Yeah, you know, sometimes yeah. people think that I'm trying to mold them into a mini me and I'm like, no. I'm trying to mold you into the best you you can be. You want to know something? Life sucks. Life is hard. People are disgusting. People will backstab you. People will do the worst shit to you. Without thinking. You know, and I want you to be prepared for when you step out into the world and people start treating you like shit. Because, you know, newsflash, you know, guess what? Now you're honey and everyone's a bunch of fucking flies. So, mm-hmm. guess what? And this is something I lived through multiple mm-hmm. times. Yeah. You know, and and I think that that, you know, I never had a problem sharing my platform with my friends or doing anything. And people have asked me in the, few, in the last few days, do you regret that? No, I don't. You know why? Because there's a there's a time and place for everything. And sometimes things just happen for a reason. Yep. And if I can be the 
if I can be the help that someone needed at one moment, it's fine. I'm not one of those people who is like, well, fuck you, bitch, and fuck everything I did for you. <laughs> Burn it, bitch. <laughs> because I can't yeah. go back in time. Yeah. You know, but all I can do is just say, you know what? I hope you do well. And maybe Candy comes back after the season, you know, once she goes through the experience that you went through and she goes, oh, clicks now. Now it under, and, you know, now it makes sense. And then maybe you can be friends again. But like you said, it's people coming, the people's life, they come and go. They interweave with each other. Maybe Candy comes back, but it sounds like you're in a good place right now. Oh, so. yeah. That's the thing. It's like, for me, you know, a, a, a constant narrative about Aja is I'm so bothered all the time. I'm always in a mood. I'm always like, oh, people have love to be like, I need to slog off social media. I should see a therapist. I need the this. list goes on. Sis. Oh my God. I'm just like, girl, I'm at home playing Pokemon and masturbating. I have to <laughs> I'm just like, I'm drinking and I'm like, you know, like watching movies with my man and we're just like, you know, Edibles and talk our shit. own like, fucking business minding our business you know, and you know another one too is like bitches just love to be like if i even put a wig on people are like oh she was hungry like that kind yeah. of shade like oh and i'm like you want to know something let me tell you something <laughs> <laughs> i do that with my raps too it's just like my love i have multiple sources of revenue i am a business Mm-hmm. I can afford to take this year off. Amen. And I said this in my album. I said this in a line in a song. I said, people be worried about me, but don't even have food on their plate. I'm like, how the fuck you worried about my plate, but you ain't even serve yourself yet? Exactly. Bitch, get the fuck off my plate. Thank you. <laughs> so, it's that one. And I said, another one I said was, I, I dropped a lot of worry about me lines. I said, another one I said was, worry about me, but you need to get a job. Like, you know, my thing is like, some of these bitches are like, like, how you 40 unemployed and stuck up drag queens asses? On Twitter. Oh my <laughs> like, God. you know, I'm talking about the one, I'm like, if you're if you're 45 and your main concern is yes, team mama, hunty, dip, debstrop, then you <laughs> honestly should go see a doctor. Oh, no. Yeah, we have some things to talk about you first before we get to me. <laughs> I would, wait, okay, cool. see, this is how you know I'm self-centered because you said that and I was like, oh, I'm ready to talk about me. Oh, let's fight. <laughs> I'm, I'm telling telling you like i i don't know you but i feel like in pieces and just a different realm i've kind of experienced it just on the corporate level just oh here he goes he's got something to say there goes that queen again but you want me in all the rooms so you can take all of what i have to say and then leave me out of it that's kind of oh. been my experience oh yes hold up i'm gonna take your offer on that bathroom break because i need to break. oh yeah yeah no worries oh do yeah. your thing girl yeah i need to go too. hey everyone thanks for listening to our podcast so far thanks for coming right now we're probably refilling our drinks or maybe even gluing down our lashes again while you wait here's some things that you should check out yeah remember everyone you can email us tfcpod at gmail.com and um tfcpod on twitter facebook and instagram oh and one more thing you're not my real dad and you never will be Anyways, back to the show. You good? We are masked. We're back. Well, I was going to say, we've been going for a little while and you've been drinking White Claw. It was bound to happen, girl. <laughs> you know what? I saw, I, 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 realized, I wanted to go pee and I was like, 
okay, bitch. I was like, I'm feeling a little too cute for drinking <laughs> two white claws. I was like, <laughs> I, slept, I slept for four hours. I was like, oh, that's what it is. That's what uh, it is. Oh, man. Girl, and I have some like fucking witchcraft later. So I'm just like, oh, shit. Uh, I'm learning, Aj. I'm trying to be on your level. Girl, I'm doing some. I can't really say what I'm doing, but yeah, you, don't, <laughs> yeah. you don't have to spill your tea. I'm like still like grassroots basics. Like I'm trying my best to meditate whenever I can, just to kind of dip into my intuition a little more. I've had like dreams and people come to me throughout my life, but I've never really acknowledged it. So I'm researching what that means and what that looks like. I guess for me, I, I can say this too, actually. So you know, everybody has their own like spiritual core or whatever. You know. Um, I use my Congo spirits because I'm initiated into the Congo mysteries, obviously. But, um, you know, I'm doing some stuff like, you know, when shit like this happens, I do tongue cleanings where I try to get people to stop talking about me. But I don't want to be brought up in conversation. Mm-hmm. You know, you get two pork tongues. You rub them up and down with palm oil. You can fill them up with peppers and hot, spicy, nasty stuff so that people who talk about you get a bad taste in their mouth. Ooh. And you clean yourself from head to toe. And then you nail them to old trees. Ooh. Okay. If we yeah. if we're ever in Aja's head, we're paying for a class. You can go. Is this like alchemy tourist. class? Is that what we're talking about? Or <laughs> <laughs> no? I well, I, well, I was took no. Was if I ever start having a bad taste in my mouth, I know it's Aja. <laughs> That's the but, I, but I would not, but yeah, we wouldn't say, I mean, honestly, in All-Stars 3, like, we were loving you, like, I thought you got eliminated too soon, like, I, I mean, we just really- That was made, bullshit, we all know it. It was, and like, uh, I mean, can can we talk about um, BB not uh, re- uh, telling everyone who she was going to eliminate? Or? It was Trixie. <laughs> For sure? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> somebody was like, somebody was like, are you sure you like to say false things? And I was like, I don't give a fuck. Why would I tell right. you? <laughs> My word. Well, I, think she, I, fandom. I think she didn't want to because, you know, obviously, I, I, if I were her, I wouldn't. I think she didn't want to. I think she, I think she was okay with that. Yeah. Um, girl, that would have turned into a shit show. Well, and Trixie even said she thinks it was her. So, like... Well... You know, the, the same producer who blocked me told me <laughs> that it was her. Oh, uh, there you go. Weird how that works, huh? <laughs> right. It's funny. Yeah. You know what? I don't. Want, I'm not trying to get nobody in trouble. So I just. No. You know what? I take ten steps back. And again, you know. Also, I, I always, I always, I resonate very deeply with karma. Oh yeah. So I, you know I, yeah. when when people wrong me for no reason, I always think it's okay because one way or another. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I'm joking. It comes back to you, man. That was good, though. That was good. That was good. It's so true, though. Like, I've had to grow into that because I always used to think I had to counter or say something or go the extra 10 steps. But then I had to think, you know, they're not putting all that extra energy into what they're doing. So why should I? I'm going to preserve my energy and we'll do the takedown later when it's appropriate. (laughs) Can I ask something about All Stars 3? So, like, (laughs) what was it like being, like, the new kid on the block kind of because like you're like you were kind of the newest season i guess season nine on all stars three and like you were kind of the new queen and everyone else was had kind of been around for a while so like what was that like for you it was like anything i kind of didn't care i was like you know i when i went on all stars i was just like i was like i ain't winning and i just went in and I was, 
I was like, I ain't winning. I was like, I ain't winning, but I'm still going to spend all this money and I'm going to do all this shit. And I'm going to make sure that I bring the most perfect package because if I don't win, then they look bad. And I mean, that's what happened. That's so, exactly yeah. what happened. So yes. I was like, you know, I, I went and I did, you know, here's the thing also is like, I feel like, I feel like people have this like idea of me when I used to do drag, people had this idea of me as a performer. And that was another reason that I wasn't really having fun doing drag anymore was when everyone had an opinion of the performer I was, I was like, you know, back at home, like I was kind of known for being like, yes, high energy, but like my, my thing was like sex. So like when I went, when people were like, <laughs> death drop, I was like, what? Right? <laughs> like, what's happening? I was like, that was never like a big part of my performances. For me, it was always about like, I want to be a hoe. Like, I want to just be, <laughs> bitch. I want to be. Oh yeah. I want to be like a little Tati McTattenbot. Like, yeah. You know, and then, but I mean, it, season nine was very, very, very like interesting on so many levels. And my favorite was people like. Oh, there you go. You see, Aja went on there thinking she was hot shit. And I was like, I never thought I was. I always want to talk shit about a confident person. No, let me tell you something. (laughs) Bitch, I was not confident. I went on there thinking, holy shit, I'm poor. I'm broke. I was (laughs) like, I have to see what I could do. You want to know something? And then they, it was funny because every, every piece of, of, clothing that someone let me borrow made the first episode like oh look at me in this and look at me in this i'm like yeah girl that was because they felt bad for me so they were like hey even do you want to borrow anything because like (laughs) you know (laughs) and and then it's just like also i was having like a bad makeup year which is even worse i like i used as and this goes with me as an artist as well i'm a little too dynamic where i feel like i have to change up really quick every year for me, it's like every year, like, I need to do something new. And for me, with drag makeup, it was like that. And like, I think I had a good mug before, like, especially when I auditioned for the show, my audition mug was kind. And then, <laughs> and then I don't know, it got hot in New York. And then I stopped covering my eyebrows for the summer, but then I was doing <laughs> big features. And then I went on Drag Race looking like a fucking praying mantis. And, I was like, <laughs> and then, not to mention, they had the horrible purple lighting. And on people oh, yeah. of color, purple lighting is not. It because it blocks out all the red tones. Yeah. And like, so like a lot of people thought that I was heavily contoured with like the princess disaster look, but like I was like just heavily blushed. And mm-hmm. I was like yeah. on TV, it looks like I did some like yeah. I mean the lips were unacceptable. I'll give it that. <laughs> but, but also the point was that she was supposed to be a disaster. I remember I said that, and Michelle goes, um, she was like, you look like Janice from the Muppets. And I was like, oh. thank you. And she was like, no, it's not a compliment. And then she was like, look at everyone. And then look at you. I was like, oh. we we always give Michelle shit. We're like, oh, who's going to be Michelle this season? She, you know, that I don't think that aired on television, but, you know, she remembered. And I did the Work the World tour with her afterwards because for some reason, Boss Defense thought I was in the top three. <laughs> Like everyone else did. And then um, she saw him. I was on the tour with her. We were in rehearsals and she apologized. She was like, I'm oh, sorry. Good. Like, and I was like, oh, wow. And I liked her for like that one day. I was like, you're cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Now, I, do, I know. I do like Michelle. I appreciate her. She's really, she's really cool. There was a moment in All Stars where the day, the moment I got, the day I got eliminated 
and RuPaul honestly went off on me for whatever reason. And at some point, I could see Michelle go. So right here, Aja mouths the words, I'm sorry. So I know you can't see it because uh, you're listening to this as a podcast. But, you know, you chose not to watch the YouTube video. So that's your fault. <laughs> Anyways, back to the interview. And I was like, <laughs> oh, I was like, I knew this was her fault. Uh, yeah. But... Yeah. I have a question for you and, you and you can tell me to this is because this is a deep topic this might be too personal but um you know you were on all stars three and we all all three of us love chi chi yeah so I was just wondering if you would want to like maybe share like a, like something we haven't seen on tv just like you know some little thing that you really stick out in your mind about chi chi oh, oh my god chi chi was like my favorite person when we were filming like literally like i spent all like all the time with her and like all right i'm gonna get really emotional like we would like go outside and we would like i was trying to get her to quit smoking cigarettes but she was mm -hmm. making me smoke cigarettes <laughs> <laughs> and um i remember i was like having really bad anxiety when we were there and like um i don't know just talking to her she would we would always just like kind of like comfort each other because uh, I know I always seem like I'm like this out loud person, but like I'm really socially awkward. Like I, when it comes down to talking about deep stuff and getting close to people, I'm like, uh. <laughs> and I don't know. She just always made me feel so comfortable, and we would yeah. we would we would get ready together all the time, and we would always talk. And like I remember there was this moment where um they were like um they were like Chi Chi, we feel like we're not seeing you. And I remember I took her outside, and I was like, listen, bitch. I was like, that's bullshit. I was like, that is bullshit. I was like, you haven't changed. You've been acting great this whole time. I said, don't fall for that bullshit. Uh -huh. And uh, I remember like, she was like, you really think so? And I was like, yeah. And I, I don't know. She just, her, her, she was always like one of the real people. Like she was always like so real and so um, just so kind for no reason. Mm -hmm. I remember when, uh, when she got eliminated they 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 held they held us uh well they held me and they lied to me and told me they were gonna give me my phone and they didn't for the weekend uh, until we came back for the kitty girls bullshit and um <laughs> chi chi flew all the way back to shreveport for two days because she missed her cats oh, oh my, my gosh <laughs> and i thought it was the cutest like ever i was like really i was like it was just so funny but I really do miss her. And like, I, I feel I feel like I wish I would have spoken to her more after the show. Me and her kept in communication here and there. Yeah. And uh, I did a show in, in Shreveport. And uh, when I went, you know, I was so happy to see her. But like, I knew she was getting sick. And, um, you know, um, I probably shouldn't say this, but uh, a few weeks before she passed, um, I always have this one specific dream every time someone I know dies. And it's always a dream about me and my teeth falling out. And all my teeth started falling out in the dream. And I was like, what the fuck? Oh, my God. And um, then um, when I woke up, for some reason, I was in a haze. And I thought, uh, I was like, I should, I should text, I should check up on Chi Chi and I don't know why that thought came to me so that day uh let me see I have the message here I um I I had messaged her on Instagram and I said I was like hey you know just checking up on you trying to see like um how you're doing um here I said I said I love you so much and I hope you're doing well I miss you and I hope you know everything is going to be good mm -hmm. and then 
Um, I think it was like a few days later, she was in the hospital and then she passed. Mm-hmm. And and once she was in the hospital, I knew. Like I just knew. And I didn't want to say anything because you know, you don't want to jinx it. So I was like, I just knew. I saw the video of her like on the tubes and stuff, and I said, mm-hmm. I told my partner, I was like, I was like, I think, I think it, it's gonna happen. Damn. And, and then she died, and I was like, I, I was, I felt, I felt like shit because I was just like, you know, she really was one of the one of the the nicer, great ones. Yeah. Not saying that anyone deserves death. It's just, but it's just like you know, it just sucks that, you know, really the nice ones go so quick. Yeah, wow. that was a really emotional day for us. I think you know, I, I, I don't, I just really felt her passing kind of like a lot because oh, yeah. like you said, you know, Chi Chi is just so like, everyone loves Chi Chi, great personality. She can do like anything really, you know, it, you just feel the kindness coming from her. Like mm-hmm. you don't even, it's like, we don't know her personally, but you can feel it like her spirit coming through the TV. So yeah. when she passed, it was just like such an emotional thing for, you know, I was like, I got to get off Twitter because everyone's posting their oh, yeah. tributes to her. Mm-hmm. And, oh, yeah. and I was just like, just seeing it, just seeing her face, just like again and again and again, it was like yeah. really hard that day. Oh, you know, one thing too was that it was very much, um, uh, she, I, I had this thing with her where I was always like, you know, you're enough. And she always had this like idea, like where she was like, oh, like I don't have the money to do these costumes. Like I don't have this and that. And I remember uh, we were doing the floral runway and we were in the room and, and she was in such a good mood. And I was like, are you okay? Because, you know, ain't nothing happy about filming that bullshit. So I was, like, <laughs> I was like, are you good? And she said, girl, I know I'm going home. And I was like, why you say that? She was like, look, she was like, I came here too soon. I don't have the things that you guys have. She was like, I don't have the costumes, the makeup. The this. I was like, but she's not about that. I said, girl, I said, I said, no cap, like, this is a reality TV show. Yes. It doesn't matter who fucking has talent. You know, just take with the time that they allow you. Because at the end of the day, the writers are who are in charge of our time, not us. And it, no shade. That's what it is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You, know, you know, we could influence that by doing things here and there. But, you know, mm-hmm. all we can do is make the best out of what we get. And she was like, yeah, but girl, the cotton, that's a girl. And she was like, <laughs> she was hot gluing them. She made that costume herself. She was like hugging the little flowers mm-hmm. and she was like, you know, sometimes I just feel like it's not enough. And, you know, it what that after that day, I remember like I, I spoke ferociously on every interview that when I was still doing like drag race centered interviews, I spoke a lot about, you know, how there is a lot of classism in the fan base because a lot of people just see the final product and uh, you know a lot of viewers think oh the queens came up with that they made that oh she's so talented no a lot of people a lot of people buy shit yes and, and do shit and that you know and and then there's queens who are like chi chi who put her every last ambition and soul into making something that she thought was just cheap and I think that that is what made it so beautiful is that she she put her all into it. But, you know, with so much materialism and, and everything, you know, people don't see that. Yeah, but, yeah. we talk about that on the show that we've lost uh, the spirit of drag and what drag where it came from. It's not about who can buy the fiercest outfit like people would sacrifice their meals or their lights being turned off to go and turn out 
these performances in the ballroom to uplift the community and you know, make us feel good. It's not about oh. who can afford these designers who Girl. see yeah. the Instagram posts and that's all they're worried about. Oh, make sure you tag me. Literally, it was like Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Like it was like in the morning. It was, this was every day. I was at the fabric store and then I was running late for the gig, like having a fucking anxiety attack. My sewing machine was breaking down. The costume was like half done. Oh, and no. then I'm sitting there like trying to glue plastic stones because I can't afford <laughs> glass ones. Mm-hmm. I look crazy, but like I tried all day, tried so hard to make this impression that nobody's going to remember. But like that, that's really what it was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, after a, a certain point in Drag Race, like, you know, I, I, in my season, I really thought I in my season, you know, it was funny because Thorchy came back and Thorchy was like, girl, it's a TV <laughs> show. It's not a drag competition. Oh. And then I thought to myself, I said, you know what? You know, when I go on the show, I have to think that way. And I walked in my dumb ass like, oh, like, you know, it's about what we do and how we do it. You know, <laughs> next, thing you know next thing you know, it's just like, oh, OK. You know, I used to get offended. I used not offended, but I used to get I used to feel like shit because I didn't have like if I didn't have, oh, I I don't naturally look feminine like that. So I can't put on makeup the way you do. I have to actually reconstruct my face. So I'm more talented because you do less work. That's how I used to think. (laughs) I used to think the more work you put in, the better you were doing drag. And then I realized that, no, it was it's all consumership. It's all you know, it's all like, you know, what is by this sorry not to cut you off i was saying that is one thing about like all-star seasons i feel like we kind of miss is that seems like all-stars a lot of times it comes down to like who is coming into all-stars and just buying like the most expensive like shit ever and trying to just like pull it off whereas i don't know like i really like the new like the new cast seasons because it's like more it comes off to me like more authentic like if they're designing their own things or they don't really know what to buy going in or whatever so i don't know sometimes the all-stars just can be too much for me well that's another reason why i was like if you know after all-stars i was like girl they can ask me to come on every season i'm saying no (laughs) i'm saying no i'm saying no every single time why because i i know again and this is goes back to the i know what i want to do syndrome (laughs) <laughs> After I came off of All Stars already, I was like, I don't want to be a comedian. I don't want to be, you know, an improv artist. I don't want to get on stage and be like, oh my God, like, that's not me. And like, you know, the reason why I went in the path of music was because it's something I have a passion for. And, you know, I feel like, I feel like that, I don't know how to explain it. I feel like my passion is not drag. I guess it's just yeah. something that I can't really explain. I feel like it you've was... evolved kind of past it. And that's not to say in a derogatory way. It's just like we were saying about people coming in and out of your lives. Drag is just kind of it's a part of your life, but it's not currently part of it. It was a part of you. I view myself almost as someone like, I guess, like Bowie or Prince, like how they would see themselves, like someone who's just like, Fuck social construct of gender, but I'm I'm me and this is what I do and like people are gonna have opinions and it is what it is. Yeah, like, I love they, it. And they also switch. They have phases in their careers and stuff mm-hmm. like that too. So that really does like kind of track with what you're doing because you know you you uh, I you know did you know Drag Race, you did you know app music and all that stuff and and you just like I really love music. That's what you want to do. Like 
So, I mean, and, and that doesn't mean you're not like Aja still, of course, like Aja is just the, what you're looking at, but like uh, the, the, what, who you really are is like really comes through in your music, I think. And, and you can yes. really tell that you're passionate about it. You know, I, I feel like I'm just me, you know, yeah. it's just me. <laughs> like, I, and I, I don't think I would do a good job of giving anything else. And I think that that's why I was like, I have to just kind of like do me because if I don't, if I don't, girl, if I don't do me, who the fuck else is? Oh, <laughs> that's yeah. right. That's an open-ended question. <laughs> <laughs> always, always, always do you because this is the energy we promote on the show. It's It's so hard to not kind of acknowledge those demons or listen to those voices sometimes, but you are an example of someone who can kind of work through that. And they're still growing through that. People don't understand it's, you're always growing and kind of on your path and you run into trouble when you're trying to stay at one point. And it's like, well, no, it's not compatible anymore. It's time to evolve. Absolutely. And that's very true. You know, a lot of, and again, too, a lot of people make everything about numbers and quantity, but like, for me, it's really about the quality of my fandom. I feel like my fandom, it literally shows no mercy at showing up to every little thing. Like if I need, if I need my fans to do something and my followers, they do it. And that's why, like, I don't, I'm not worried that, you know, I don't have 2000 people showing up in my life. I don't care about that. For me, it's more about, you know, the people who come are the people who always show up. And that loyalty is important. And I feel like you want to know something. I feel like a lot of people have tried to defame me. And I feel like a lot of people are going to continue to try to defame me. But I feel like what people don't understand is that you can't play me. (laughs) (laughs) I feel like, you know... (laughs) If you try to play me, you only play yourself. Like, thank you. you yes. <laughs> you know, I went and I always let people know real quick like, you could be, you could be 10 steps ahead, but I'm always like 20 steps ahead. I'm always going to be ahead of those who think that they are ahead of me. And I think that it, it it's just like, I don't fuck with you bitches. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, just like, you know, and another thing too is that like I I feel like a lot of people in like the intense drag race fandom have tried to discredit a lot of the things that I've done and try to make it seem like, oh, like my my like my successes are not valid or like my accomplishments are not valid. And I'm just like, <laughs> okay. I'm like, great. I'm like, you know. Maybe I'm not successful to you, but bitch, I already conquered your whole arena. I'm like, I'm over here doing something else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, forgive me for not wanting to do work the world. Bitch, I've already worked the world. <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's just like, yes. You know, hey, it's, it's no true. shade. It's no shade to the girls who do all those things. No. Like, that's, that's their thing. And, like, you know what? Make that money, bitch. You better go off. You better That's do. right. For me, it's just not for me. It's just like, you know, if I know that I don't fucking like fucking crab, why would I order crab at a restaurant? You know, (laughs) and I think some people need to learn that lesson. Like, you know, if you don't like, if you don't like, (laughs) don't tune in. You know, people do that shit all the time. It's like, change the channel, bitch. (laughs) You know, I said that, I said that in an older song I made called Art Jesus. I said, don't like what you see, change the channel. Like, there you go it's that easy and then you don't have to be a hater like i don't know people people put too much bad energy out into the world so yeah like people love 
to project their insecurities (laughs) on other people. People love to try to be relevant when they are bored. Like, yeah. And that's the thing, too, is just like, sweaty, I'm sorry. You are tired of playing the fence in your boring friend group that you need to go online to sip sip mama that you're over here like, you know, somebody was, um, somebody sent me a message the other day and they were like, I'm so sorry that you're working on another flop album. And I was like, oh, and I was just like, in my mind, I'm just like, okay, yeah, I have made a, I made another flop album, but my first album got over a million streams and it also has it got in the first day got over a hundred thousand streams collectively so i was just like yeah i was like okay i guess you know well aja you've got fans in us we've been fans i mean you can listen to the show like we've got yeah uh, we're not gonna make you do all that homework just not the first five episodes just (laughs) kidding We no i didn't know see see it's happening already it comes back to me no this one here is the shady one on the pod he's the undercover shady one we've been fans of yours from the start and i say keep doing what you're doing i it's a lesson i've had to learn because i've had to kind of come come up and come through certain avenues and i just had to realize you know what they just don't like what you're doing, but what you're doing is not necessarily wrong. They just may be threatened by you or they may not understand you. You know, the way that I've also looked at it is um, a lot of the drag races predominantly like white women. <laughs> yeah, we talk about them on this podcast. You know, I, I make <laughs> I make hip hop music and, you know, I've realized that a lot of the people who do consume my music um, tend to be um, a lot of queer black people a lot of uh, ironically also a lot of queer punk white kids really Uh, yes um i get a lot of people from the punk crowd i guess a lot of punk people like rap music i also i also have seen ever since i started doing music i see a lot more i see a lot of more black faces at my um at my shows i see a lot more um i also see a lot more straight people oh oh really they do see your music and they're they're like let's go do this well, no, I did. I did a show once for for Depop, and a lot of like, and I was kind of surprised, but a lot of like straight black men showed up. Nice. Okay. <laughs> people were like, well, people were like, I was like, first of all, I was first, I was like in full, just like womana. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I, my, but my hair was braided, so I had these little like like little box braids, and they uh. had little beads, <laughs> and people were literally dabbing me up like, yo. That was fucking lit. Was like, what is Listen, was that like, music goes off, but what a mind fuck in the moment, I'm sure. It was, well, the show was me and this rapper named Malibu Mitch. And I I was, it was just so funny. Like I was just like, they were like, <laughs> they were like, they were like, bro, that was fucking hot, man. I was like, okay. Thank you. <laughs> you know, I think it's cool to to have that type of um I don't know that type of em- embracing, like, because it's an unexpected that you know, especially like cis people to cis men to just come forward and be like, oh yes, like um, <laughs> we, we, me and Mark were just talking about this, like, you know, um, have you heard that new that song uh, with Pablo Vitar, Anita, and Luisa Sonza? 
I don't think I have yet now. <laughs> it's called Mojo Turbo. It's in Portuguese, but it's it's already in one week. It got 25 million views. Oh, wow. Oh, damn. And uh, the fucking song is amazing. It's the best song I've heard yeah. every year. And that's well, I've got homework. Oh, I hated every album that came out this year. Chromatica, yeah. eh. The Urna, <laughs> eh. Dua Lipa, eh. But also, I don't like pop music, so it's, like, different for me. Yeah. But this song, bitch, I was... We, we put it out every day, and we just, like, we, we shake our ass so much, we have to put basketball shorts on, bitch. We have to, like, <laughs> I'm like, my jeans too tight, my jeans too tight. <laughs> but, Where's the IG? I would love to see that show. <laughs> you know, so literally... Uh, but literally, so obviously, Pablo Vitar is arguably the most popular and most viewed at this point drag artist in the entire world. Yes, work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We need that representation so much. Totally. Yeah. Um, but she, so she's on the song with Anita, who's again arguably the most famous Brazilian artist. And she sings in English, Spanish, and Portuguese. And then you have Luisa Sonza, who's a very popular. A Brazilian artist. They get on this track, and we were watching reaction videos, and it was just like all these like straight men like <laughs> watching the video, and then Pablo comes on, and again, it's like at least at least seventy five percent of them would pause the video and go, "I just want to say I don't hate gay people. Oh you know, God, I don't. You know, but I'm not going to be sitting here and saying like, yeah. ah, you know, she's a man. It's a drag queen. I'm yeah. like." This is so unnecessary. Like totally, you know, it, it was just like <sighs> I hate it when the straights do that. <laughs> I hate it too. But you know, to go from that that type of energy to like having people like dab me up and being like, "Oh, like I appreciated this." I'm like, yeah, that's interesting. But if you haven't seen it, check it out. Like the video is so high budget. It's so wild. It's literally them having a twerk off with a robot. Yeah. Oh my god, god. I'm putting this that is, on after this. It sounds this like that kind of carrying on. This is definitely Pablo Vitar's like moment though, because I've been hearing so much about them and uh like within the past like six months or something like that. So I feel like you know Pablo's probably on there on the rise even more even further because oh, yeah. she's also just so kind. Uh I did two music festivals with her and um she was just such a love to like she she invited me over to her trailer like and she was like get drunk with me i was like oh, okay I <laughs> she was so cool so nice so awesome and um i i think she's gonna make break so many fucking barriers like again she's also oh, the yeah. first drag artist um to ever be nominated for um for uh was it a vma was it for a vma okay um, for she did a she did that song with Major Laser and Anita, like these are big things that fucking like, bitch, like yeah. what? Yeah, that's yeah. big. That's big time. See, if there's anything that I want to do is I want to be that person. Like I want to be, you know, I want to do stuff that puts me as a queer artist like up there where it's like, you know, you you did something that that doesn't really happen much often, and you know, I you know. No shade to Paul, but I really follow in Pablo's footsteps of anything. Like she is someone who I really look up to. And I think that um, even if I don't do drag anymore, I think that it's I still view her as such a such a, a, a trailblazer. Big time, big time. Well, I, uh, I I know we've been taking up a lot of your time, so I, f I feel like um, we're probably at a good point to start 
closing out the show. But before we do that, of course, everyone knows where to find you online. So I don't, we don't need to be telling no at Twitter handles. They know where you are. But I was just wondering <laughs> if you could give us like some sort of idea when Crown is coming. Yes. So I have the first single is scheduled to come out in February. Okay. The second single is scheduled to come out in March. And okay. album uh, is scheduled to come out in April. Um, the For uh, my album cover, um, I'm emulating um, this album cover that La Lupe did, where uh, a lot of people don't know, but La Lupe was crowned Oshun. And um, she has this album cover where it's her dressed in all white. And she's, uh, there's something we call Mofori Bale. And it's when you salute the Orisha. And she's doing an Oshun salute on the cover of the album, dressed in all white. Um, so on the album cover, I'm going to be doing Mofori Bale, but um, while dressed up in traditional Oshun garb. So. Well, we will be the most excited to share that when that drops. Yes, I'm ready to pre-save that shit, girl. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to like, yeah, this this album is just like. It's going to yeah, be good. It, it's not, to be honest with you, it's like, it's not a bop or anything. It's literally just like emotional. And it's just like, it, it's, it's happy. It's angry. It's sad. It's just. <laughs> You know, and you know what's crazy too is that in the order I wrote it, I felt like it manifested in the same order that my life is going on. And right now, we're kind of on track eight. Like I'm, I'm not even joking with you. Like, wow, I was listening to it and I was like, bro, I was like, this is crazy. I was like, this is crazy. <laughs> um, I also have a song on it called Black Ariel, uh, which is the song inspired by Yemaya, yeah, but it's an homage to, mm-hmm. uh, to Black Femmes, and um. Uh, that track is wild. Like when I, talk, <laughs> I had, I had uh, one of my features uh, who was on one of my my past EPs. Her name is Amira Wang. She's a she's a, a rapper from Kansas City, um, and she has this like kind of just like. Let me tell you something. There's bad bitch, and then there's like, oh shit, and she's there. Oh shit. Uh, she went on. I, I told her. I said, okay, can you write a verse for the track? And she goes, I think we should do a, a third verse and an outro, and we should. Do, I was like, okay. So she sent me the verse back, and I was like, I was like, first of all, this is going to be a moshing song. One like period like i was listening to it and i was like yo not only do i feel very proud to be who i am but i also want to punch someone in the face <laughs> yeah. i'm really excited black ariel i know everyone listening remember that track i'm also um, gonna remember track eight i'm gonna remember this moment and i'm gonna yeah. go back and listen to it i'll play it for you i don't care oh <laughs> Yeah, that would be cool. Do you want us to end the show and then then you can play it? I'm sure you don't want us to play yes, it. Yes, let's show. do that. <laughs> because um, people right. are going to read too hard into the lyrics and be like, <laughs> yeah, we'll I would love to out. hear it, but but I don't want to I don't want to mess things up for you. So, um, well, thank you again, Aja, for coming on the show. This has been like the best night of my life. <laughs> I don't know. I know. Uh, I feel yes. so like just thank you so much for doing this because, I mean, we're just a little baby podcast, but you don't understand we we stand what you do and i know in the toxicness of drag race those comments and that love can be hard to find and i just want you to feel all of it from us because we support you and everything you're doing we're so excited for where your career is going and just keep it up sis yes thank you love y'all <laughs> <laughs>
All right. And with that, just go say bye to everybody. We'll be back next week, I'm sure, with a brand new podcast. And yeah, anytime you want to come on, Aja, you just let us know. <laughs> <laughs> if something new happens, like, we've got stuff to say. If this, you want to talk about what you had for breakfast, just we'll schedule it. This is the byproduct of me and Jamal being messy. <laughs> yeah. I'm happy, though, because yeah. like it really bring us together and you're just such an amazing person and so easy to talk to like so this just feel this has just been so much fun i agree <laughs> oh my God. Uh -oh. No, don't joke about that oh. <laughs> i'll cut that part out <laughs> but, uh, but um yeah thanks so much thank you have a good night be safe don't uh, unless they have money don't get pregnant unless you want to and, uh, also remember uh abortion is now legal in argentina shout out argentina Oh yeah, no uh, can we can we also promote your OnlyFans? Is that okay? Oh yes, follow my OnlyFans. It's uh, www.onlyfans.com/slash/ajaoxum, yes. um, where you will find my exclusive content. Um, bitch, yes, it's it's the judge. We're we're all about promoting sex for a cure. So I I didn't yes. want I didn't want to leave without promoting. I was like, we got to send these people to Aja. We got to send these people to support her. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess we'll end the podcast, but I definitely want to hear this. I want to hear, I would love to hear some of Crown if you wanted to play it. All right, oh, listeners, yeah. we're going to say bye and then I'm going to hit stop recording. There, yeah, we'll hit, we'll stop recording so Aja knows we're not fucking with her shit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so until then. Bye. Bye. <laughs>